Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, people, you know that sound is the unfiltered band. It means another episode of Unfiltered coming your way. This one live, unfiltered live. It's episode 64. Calling this one Mets Therapy. Thank you, Unfiltered Band. You can jump on the revolution. Unfiltered, if you're already watching on Twitter, get in the bio. Get on the YouTube channel. Subscribe, like all the videos. Be a part of it. If you're listening on your podcast, Apple, Spotify, everywhere you get that. You can get over to YouTube, watch all the episodes, obviously listen back. Much coming up this week, including uh, David Aldridge and Jason Stark and Buck Martinez. And uh, hoping to have Harry Rose, among others. So we'll keep you posted on all of that. Did a good one for the Met fans listening to this. Recently, a couple of days ago, with my buddy Jim Duquette on the Mets, among other things. Uh, look, I wanted to hop on here live because it's time for some therapy. Now, I am not welcoming to the couch today any of the idiots from that portion of Met Twitter. Because they're just going to be angry about everything. Those people are going to be miserable because their lives are freaking miserable. Doesn't matter what happens. They are rooting against the team because they live in misery. Some of them aren't even real fans. Those people can shove it, take themselves out back. I have no interest. But I have seen portions of this fan base, including people I like, people who cover the team, people around the team, who have selective baseball amnesia, SBA, selective Baseball amnesia. What is that? Baseball is a long season, people. It's 162 games. If you play in a postseason, more than that. Trying to go where the Met fans want to go, way more than that. It's a long year. As much as baseball fans seemingly know that, every year around this time, covering the game now almost 20 years, I have realized something. And I talk to friends of mine, and I'm on text threads with Met fans that I'm friends with. And it's like, kind of like calm them down. I realize that maybe I'm a little bit different headspace, not because I have cans on, like I'm beaming up to, you know, somewhere else, but maybe I live in a different headspace. But I sit there and I realize that because I cover the game for so long, maybe I'm just more rational. And it's, it's by nature because I've seen it. Maybe I've stepped out of it. I don't know. But baseball's a long freaking year. If you go five and six in 11 games against bad teams to open a season, the world is ending. The year and all the moves you made are now terrible. Every free agent signing you did was horse crap. Team not going anywhere. Managers need to be fired. Dogs and cats are living together mass hysteria. If you go five and six in 11 games, when you're into a September where this is the easiest part of the schedule, you now have that exponentially times 10. You're a Met fan times 1,000. But here's the odd part about a weird baseball season. Baseball seasons are played not in games, but they're actually played in chapters of this book in this long year. And in the chapters of this book, if you go five and six in the middle of June against bad teams, Nobody cares. Nobody even notices. It's about at the end of the schedule, how many did you win? Well, you won 100. That's amazing. But you lost 62. 
And 25 of those were against bad teams. And 16 of them, you lost by five runs. Nobody cares. She won 100 at the end. But as you live chapter by chapter, it's when you go through the issues that people seemingly get the SBA, the selective baseball amnesia. Now, as your therapist, when you combine that with another issue and an illness called CTSD, that's not PTSD. That's the post-traumatic stress. Met fans, by nature, and I understand it, I've lived it, and I'm a Nick and an Islander fan as well, they have consistent traumatic stress disorder. When you have CTSD, you are on an everyday basis waiting for your team to fail. You are having bad nightmares of everything that's ever gone wrong, and you enjoy nothing. A lot of us enjoy it more than maybe some of the others. Hello, that portion of Mets Twitter. But the CTSD doesn't go away. When you combine the selective baseball amnesia, and why is that? Well, you forgot it's a long year. You forgot you don't have Max right now. You forgot Marte's not here. You forgot you're still in first place. As I'm doing this, the Braves are winning. If they win this game, I think Swanson Homer, they're up 3-1 as I'm doing this. If you're listening on the podcast, not live. And they may be tomorrow when you wake up only half a game in first place. Only half a game in first place with three weeks to go, 21 games or whatever it is. And on pace to win 100 some odd games, 99.9999999er going to make the playoffs and get in with Max on the mend, Marte starting to feel better, and a team that when they had those two gentlemen and the rest of the team you currently have did at one point not long ago beat the Dodgers two out of three, take out Timmy's trumpet, and everybody else was taking out every instrument they ever owned, yelling at every Braves fan about every player that's ever come up to that song, how dare you, we own it. And now they want to disown the team. Where are, where are the Mets? Met fans with the CTSD wait for saviors that never happen. They've forgotten about all the Donalds and Escobars and Ryan Thompsons and how many others. Because they have the SBA, the Selective Baseball Amnesia. They forgot about every time that they thought somebody was going to come up and rake. When Beatty, who I hope has a great career, hit a home run in his first at-bat, they were all right. Should have brought him up a long time ago. They forgot he got out almost every other time he batted. And look, I hope he has a great career, but welcome to reality. Wasn't really hitting the ball very well. Sorry. They wanted Vientos up because Darren Ruff has looked like a better eighth inning guy as an addition than he has as a hitter. I get it. But you love Daniel Vogel back, had all your T-shirts, had him on all your podcasts, loved the hell out of him, and now you want to boo the hell out of him. Yesterday, Chris Bassett, who has had one clunker seemingly the whole season, been as consistent as anybody, great in the second half, been a leader, took the onus after the loss yesterday, blamed himself. You booed him off the field because he had, what, three and two-thirds bad innings. Because you have consistent traumatic stress disorder. Because you have selective baseball amnesia. Now, how do you cure these two things? Well, hopefully, I'm hoping tonight with some rationale, common sense, logic. 
Let's go back a week. A week ago, the New York Mets were getting waxed by the Pirates, and the world was over. They had lost first place. Everything was going to be terrible, even before they lost first place. Then they came back, and they won a doubleheader, scored a ton of runs. Every Met fan that was down went up. It's like the Jerry Seinfeld, even Steven. What comes up? Elaine was here, and then Jerry was here. And what goes up? And what comes down? I throw a 20 out a window. It comes back. We're breaking even. But every Met fan on the seesaw that was down here and given up on the team that they loved so much, that was so amazing to them, with all the trumpets that they were buying and playing at home with their kids, were now giving up on the team. But then they swept the doubleheader. Now they were back with the team. See, I knew we were back. See, I knew we were back. Then they lost to the Marlins badly. Then Francisco Lindor, after a game in which he hit into a double play, oh, my God, I can't believe he hit into a double play. No wonder why Mets Twitter was all over him. I don't know. He's had an unbelievable year. Bounced back after being terrible last year. Been a gold glove defender. Done everything for you. Had huge hits left and right. You've loved on the guy. Drooled all over him like he's on Cinemax the whole season. But he had a bad day. And then afterwards, he said... The truth, the truth you always want players to say. Yeah, we hit a wall in every long baseball season because we don't play 17. Now, usually used to be 16 like the NFL. You don't play half the schedule we have like the NBA or the NHL. In our long season, you hit a wall. Because that dude had played every game. You loved him when he didn't want to sit down. Remember the day that Buck wanted to sit him about a month ago? And he got four hits. Oh, my God, Lindor. He's amazing. They wanted to sit him down. He said, Buck, no, I want to go in the game. I got four hits, bro. I got four hits. But playing every game and how much you love that makes you tired. And he was hitting a wall. He didn't say anything wrong. And Met fans are saying, oh, I can't believe he said that. Guess what? He bounced back at three hits and a homer the next day in a win. Now every Met fan that was back down was back up again. Selective baseball amnesia. They already forgot yesterday voluntarily. But we remember what we want to remember. And Met fans only remember illness and negativity and pain. They only remember Luis Castillo's pop-up. They only remember sex toys in a clubhouse. Mr. Met giving the finger. Everything with Mel Rojas and Armando Benitez. They remember that. Jeremy Burnett's not once but twice, just for fun. Generation K, the greatest team money could buy. Vince Coleman with firecrackers. And the list goes on and on and on and on. Your team is 35 is it 35 or 36 right now after the loss? Game's over 500. Do you have any idea how good that is? Your team's going to October. Do you have any idea how good that is? Your team has Jacob deGrom and seemingly a going-to-be-healthy Max Scherzer, you hope. Now that you can be concerned about because that's important. You know how many other teams have that one, too? None of them. Zero. You should now have, because he's on the I.L., and the old Mets, who remember the one time with Beltron, they waited, like, forever to put him retroactively. And, I mean, how many, like, you know, this guy's going to miss a week. He's out a month. You went to Cespedes, came back, beat the Yankees, and they're in a press conference saying we can't wait to have him the rest of the year, right? And he's in the other room in, in the clubhouse saying I'm out for the year with a heel injury, and they're saying what heel injury? Remember those Mets? Nope. They did the right thing with Marte and Max. 
And you're probably going to have them both and probably going to have them both healthy. And when that team's been full throttling together, you've been pretty damn good. The offense hasn't been perfect all year. It's not going to be perfect then. But Mark Vientos ain't saving you. I hope he's great for the rest of time. But only Met fans would fall in love with anyone else other than the team that's 35 games over 500 and that you've shoved up everybody else's butt in huge spots, including the Dodgers two out of three. You played trumpets of, like ad nauseum. Trolling everybody else's fan base. Now you're just looking for someone else. This team's not good enough anymore. I got to find someone else. I feel like George Carlin. Do I got room for my stuff? Got to get more stuff. Got to find more players. We don't have enough good ones in here. Escobar, you waited for him. He's been great. Now you're not good enough either. Grow up. Grow up. Five and six in 11 games is not good. Five and six against these teams, even worse. No such thing as an easy schedule. If you haven't learned that, and you've been watching baseball a long time, that's right, selective baseball amnesia. Not easy to win in this sport. Not easy to be bell-to-bell in this sport. And even teams that are could get... Knocked out in a postseason like that. 2010 Phillies thought they were coasting. Dodgers lost a game five at home. Did that Scherzer you got in Strasburg and Soto and went bye-bye? Not that long ago. 2015, your team had to have DeGrom, a rookie at the time, go win on the road in Dodger Stadium. It's not easy. But your team's going to the postseason. Be concerned and want the health of Marte. Be concerned and want the health of Max. Yeah, want to figure out the DH spot. Hey, look at the bright side with Guillaume coming back and Escobar hitting. You can move guys around with Cannon and McNeil. You got all kinds of stuff that Escobar could DH. You want to put Guillermo at third? You could do that. At least till somebody else hits, at least against lefties. You want to play Vientos a bit? Sure, I'm fine with that too. You want to tell me Darren Rupp has sucked? He knows he has. But how about believing in a team that has given you reasons to believe in it? Because Buck Showalter wasn't managing the Mets when Castillo dropped the pop-up. Max Scherzer wasn't on the Mets when Mr. Met gave you the finger. Grow up. I know you got CTSD. I got it too. I root for a hockey team that just fired one of the greatest coaches of all time just for fun. For a basketball team that couldn't get lucky enough at the time, though he hasn't stayed healthy, to get the right player from Duke in the draft, and a football team who took a player from Duke in the draft. Grow up. You're living the good life right now. Be concerned about how they're playing, but keep it in context of what they've done for you. Otherwise, you don't deserve the joy when they bring it to you. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Join the unfiltered revolution. I'm done. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.